Welcome to Commonwealth Sports Talk. This is part two of Women in Sports, where we have Lamont Thomas bringing you Lauren Sevis one-on-one interview. Again, this podcast is designed to spread knowledge, teach and inform the listener and viewer about the positive advancement of athletes in sports, and in this case, women in sports, born and raised in Virginia and across the world as we bring you this special edition of Women in Sports. This podcast is brought to you by Legacy Maker Sports, Commonwealth Sports Talk, Grind and Pray. And without further ado, let's go right on into it. There you are. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? So shiny. Oh my gosh. I was sweating running around campus today. Oh, for real? Oh, it's been, it's been a busy day. Yeah, it's been a minute. I appreciate you. I know. On here with this me. would do a lot. I mean, what have you been up to? I, I have a little bit of time to burn. Um, I'm in the, you know, Richmond, Virginia area, riding around and getting it, you know. you funny. I cannot. How you doing? Really well in Florida, if you can't tell with my right. short sleeves. I'm not trying to get sunny outside, uh, living my best life, I bet you, I bet you can say. That's what's up. That's what's up. I appreciate you getting on. So the way this is going to go, I, I have an editor that's you know, going to chop this up. I mean, he's so used to it. We got a system by now. I can literally be like, what's up, Darrell? And we're not recording yet. So, I mean, this is recording, but he's going to chop it. So okay, um, that's fine. Yeah, so um, when you're ready, we're just going to get on. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I hope that I'm trying to get it to where your episode is actually on the same episode as Jen Welter. So my boy just had a, had a sit down with her. Yeah, and I'm hoping we can get that on the same, you know, the same episode. And then we can set up, you know, later for if we want to do a panel or, or whatnot. But um, yeah, we're trying to we're, we're all in. I thought I was famous when she followed me on Twitter. I was like, I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> right she um the first time she responded to a comment of mine I was like word <laughs> but yeah um yeah so this is usually for um we do everything Virginia here but um because of you know women history we're trying to we're trying to show our respects so okay. you ready to do this I'm ready I think I'm ready all right let's go Welcome back to a special edition of Commonwealth Sports Talk. I'm Lamont Thomas. I'm here with a former classmate and the deputy director of Jacksonville University, Lauren Sievers. Lauren, how are you doing? I'm doing so well, Lamont. It's so good to see you. We haven't talked or chatted in so long. It has. It's been a while. So this is definitely a treat, you know, to to catch up, um, especially here. So um, let's first start by telling everybody what you do at uh, Jacksonville University as deputy director. Of course. So I'm our deputy athletic director and senior woman administrator here at Jacksonville University, which is a small D1 located in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I absolutely love it. I actually started here in 2014 as the assistant director, and I've been promoted every single year since. Thanks to, I tell him he's so courageous because he believed in me, our athletic director, Alex Ricker-Gilbert. And what I essentially do is I oversee all areas relating to student athletes. So I oversee academics, I oversee sports medicine, I oversee athletic training. 
While doing that, I also serve as the academic advisor for men's and women's basketball, and I'm the sport administrator for women's basketball, women's lacrosse, and women's soccer. Everyone says you have to wear a lot of hats <laughs> at a mid-major or low mid-major, and that's the truth, but I, and I don't think I would really have it any other way. No day is the same, but the best part, honestly, is just being able to engage with student-athletes and having their best interests at heart, sort of in everything that I do. Okay, cool. Yeah, I would say a lot of hats, a lot of outfits, everything. I mean, you do a, do it all down there in Florida, but that's what's up. And um, first of all, I'm really proud of you. Oh, that, you. That's that's one thing. But um, yeah, um, that's good. And let's talk a little bit about your um, involvement with the community, because also, uh, as I understand, that your department is also a liaison with um, is that Duval County there? Yes. Okay. I wish I could yell Duval the way that they do at the Jags games, but I'm not that successful, so I probably <laughs> won't embarrass myself one year. Um, but I, when I first started, I vividly remember our athletic director at the time and our president, Tim Koss, who's also phenomenal, said, we have to figure out a way to get more involved in the community. Um, then we had JV football. Now we no longer have football at all. And we had tennis and we had all these programs when I first started. So you're looking at over 600 student athletes at a time that we weren't involved in a local community. It just didn't make sense to me. So when I started, I, I started partnering with our chair of education. Her name is Dr. Colleen Wilson. She's the sweetest lady in the world. Um, I started to partner with her and I said, how can I get involved and how can we get involved? Because we have able-bodied individuals who want to help, they want to serve, they just don't know how. Um, and since then, it really just skyrocketed. I was able to meet with uh, Larry Rogers at the time, who was our vice superintendent of Duval County Public Schools. I was able to meet with the athletic director of Duval County Public Schools. And what we essentially did was I, I met with the AD of oversight of all Duval County Public Schools. And she said, I think I have an idea, but I'm going to need you to run with it. And essentially what that meant was, I need your ideas. Help me figure out a way to run with it. So what we ended up doing was we partnered each one of our athletic programs with a school in Duval County because there are that many. And we really just, worked on this partnership and really targeted elementary schools, mainly because of NCAA rules where I need to avoid middle school, right? We have to avoid middle school. Um, but we really partnered with elementary schools at Duval County and our student athletes loved it. The students loved it. We participated in career days, reading days. Um, my personal favorite are like the field day days. I was always yeah. looking forward to those, right? So our students loved it. Uh, we still get involved. It's not as much now just due to COVID, um, but we still write letters. We send videos to the individuals. And then we've also increased our involvement to where we work with Team Impact now. So a couple of our teams have partnered with Team Impact and I've helped sort of facilitate those conversations, but 100% credit goes to our coaches and the our student athletes, because I send the email, I do the introduction and our student athletes and coaches do the work. Okay. So for me, it's just a liaison role really. And then we've logged since we've sort of started all these partnerships, well over 4,000 hours of community service a year. That is great. That is great. And see, you have bridged the gap there, right? And that's kind of like what Commonwealth Sports Talk is all about. Like this podcast, we always talk about not just athletes, you know, um, doing their due diligence, you know, on the court field or whatever, but um, also, you know, giving back to the community and, you know, showing sports is just a vehicle to be able to, you know, it uplift our community and, and enrich our, you know, the people surrounding. So that's, that is awesome to hear. 
And I'm, I'm sure Jacksonville both and the, and the community there in Duval is, is lucky to have you for sure. It's fun. It is. It's fun. <laughs> it's, 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 you have an extended family in Duval. So it, it really bodes well when you talk about game attendance and we do all these game day events for the kids in the area. And I personally enjoy it. That is great. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about since you now you gave us um, a partial story about your journey. Let's talk about like kind of where the passion derives from. Right. Like working with student athletes and being involved with, you know, everything from academics to, you know, life skills and that sort of thing. When did you find out that this is what you wanted to do? Oh, that's fun. So actually, as a student at Georgetown, I remember with Carl Francis sitting down saying, I remember saying, I'm working in the NFL. I don't care who's stopping me, but that is going to be me. And, you know, after a few conversations, you know, I had an internship opportunity back then, and there was a liaison to the NFL. I kept thinking, maybe this isn't what I wanted. And it was really the help of the faculty at Georgetown. So kudos to that program because they sat down and said, you like school and you like helping people. You don't have to go to the professional sports leagues to do what you want to do. Like they had these jobs at college on college campuses. And, you know, as a student at University of Maryland College Park, like my first job in athletics, I was a manager and then I did facilities where I broke a nail and I'm thinking this is not going to be for me, but I had no idea that there was sort of these behind the scenes people. So Really, it was while I was still at Georgetown, towards the end, I remember someone just said, see what happens when you just shoot out an email. So I sent an email, an informational request for an interview out to every single college campus, really within an hour of my home in Baltimore. I mean, we're talking okay. American, GW, Georgetown. A lot and of schools. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. And then the, when you say a lot, think about this. I got a call back from every single one just to do an informative interview. And then from that conversation of a 30 minute conversation, I was offered 10 job opportunities. Wow. And from those 10 job opportunities, I'm like, well, I'm a turf, I have to go back to Maryland. So Cassidy Blaine, Natasha Chris, I really owe a lot to them as well. At Maryland, my first day, they said, we're gonna pilot you to try something that we've never tried before as an academic mentor. We think you'd be great doing this. My first day, I had six freshman men's basketball student athletes. Like I had Jake Lehman, Seth Allen. At the time, I remember Sam Cassell's son. I mean, this was back when we had Keyshawn Howard. Nick, it, the names go on and on. But I had hey. six freshman men's basketball players. And I'm thinking, maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> but I love the opportunity. And really, from there, I knew that I had to be involved first on the internal side. Um, just because I really like relationship building with student athletes. And then I realized that I could make a real impact in their lives because I get to bring something different to the table that they weren't used to. So when you speak about my why, you know, it's, it's really the fact that I wasn't gifted enough to play at the division one level. Um, I have a younger brother who has autism spectrum disorder, so he couldn't go to college. He can't play sports outside of special Olympics. So I, I get to work with and interact with literally the best of the best. They say that less than 2% of high school student athletes get to compete in their sport at the division one level. And I get to work with them, encourage them, motivate them. And oftentimes the groups that I have with men's and women's basketball are coming from a little bit of a unique background to where they're not really understood on campuses of a PWI 
such as Jacksonville University. So oftentimes I often serve as an advocate for those groups. And I always tell myself, my voice is loud and deep enough to where I can speak up for whoever needs it. So I, I do that a lot here at JU. And I, I think I, I really found my purpose is really helping student athletes. Exactly, I was gonna say passion meets purpose right there. So that's, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And you know, kudos to all those people, you know, who helped you along the way. And for you showing that initiative from the jump, right? Because for you to get out and reach out to all those colleges, you have to mean it, you have to want it, right? To be able to do that. So most definitely, that is what's up. So in lieu of Women History Month, and, you know, us showing, we've been showing constant love for women in sports. We love it all the way around, every day, all day. Um, we want to ask you about your thoughts on, you know, some of these trailblazers and some of these pioneers that are going on, you know, in, in women's sports today. Um, I don't know if you heard about Renee Montgomery becoming, yes, becoming part owner, part executive of the Lady Dream, um, former player. It's so amazing to hear how she went from sitting out, you know, the WNBA season to social reform issues, you know, to coming back and, you know, bossing up. Right. Like, how do you feel about that? What, what does that mean to you to hear about those kind of stories? Jen Welters of the world. We, I mean, we have her on the show, too. So. I love it. So when you asked me sort of to do this, I sat back because it's Women's History Month. So I actually do a we lead seminar here at JU where students say, well, Miss Lauren, what got you started? Like, where's your motivation? I wrote down names. Right? I'm thinking Becky Hammond. Right. She was a first in 2014. Dr. Jen Welter, she was a first in 2015. Sarah Thomas, a first in 2015. Candace Story Lee, a first in 2020. Kim Ang, a first in 2020, yeah. right? So you're like, you're hearing firsts now. Like I get to be a part of all of these firsts to where I think that it's now, it's not just exciting, because at first, you know, you're sitting back and I, I know this is all Virginia, Virginia, everything, right? You see Carla Williams, you're like, oh my goodness, we've made it. Like, we okay. are here. And you're thinking, we can actually do this. Like, women can do this. Black women can do this. Absolutely. And then you're actually seeing them break the mold even more into like men's sports, NFL, NBA. And that's really, to me, like, I get chills talking about it because- when you have, I have a soon to be, I call her my bonus daughter, soon to be stepdaughter, and you're talking to Riley and, and she's saying things like, when I grow up, I want to be, she, she, she wants to do hair. I was like, no, like, <laughs> you're an NBA coach. <laughs> you're, I'm doing the same speech I did to Carl France. You're going to work in the NFL. Like, you're doing this, right? So, you know, to the Renee Montgomery's of the world, right, to go from playing at UConn to the Minnesota Lynx to Atlanta Dream to sitting out for a cause that was so important to her, and then to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead, use an entrepreneurial mindset, be a boss, and go into this three-way deal and own a team. And I think that says a lot because I keep hearing people, you know, Women's History Month means two things to me. Like, you have the womenist movement, which right. is great. Right. It's, it's great. You know, 1920s, women's suffrage, women have the right to vote, but it's still left behind a very important group of women, black women. Um, so when I see like the Renee Montgomery's of the world, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, like she now gets to be the person I get to show Riley, my soon to be stepdaughter and say, this is what you can do. It's not just about playing basketball. You can be a social activist as a female in today's society. Mm -hmm. You can own a sports team. 
as a female in today's society. And I think that's what a lot of young women need to start seeing is that we don't have to keep going into these sort of like communal trait positions. Like I don't have to be the nurturer. In full disclosure, I'm probably not that good at it. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you keep talking about agentic and communal traits, but we could just be women that are bosses doing the job well. And, and for me, I, it's really, I think all the women who come before and it's, it's, I don't want to say sad, but it's sad to say that these firsts are just seven years removed, but right. you have to be thankful, right? Sarah Fuller, right? Vandy, soccer player turns football player, right? So you have to be thankful of all of these individuals. Abby Wambach, I, I think I've listened to her Wolfpack book a hundred times. Right. It's, it's, it's our Wolfpack and I'm going to steal it. So hopefully this isn't trademarked, Abby, if you listen. <laughs> But it's a wolf pack and we have to be able to, and I think I'm going to seal this one. Hopefully I don't butcher it. But when you score a goal, she said that she immediately runs and points to the person that passes it to her. Then she said when she passes it and they score the goal, they immediately run in and hug, right? There's, there's no moment where you're just looking at yourself and you're patting yourself on the back saying, I got this. You recognize right. the fact that it was your team that got you there. So for me, it's, I think the women that came before, um, I'm happy, hopefully, to be the women who are here, one of the women that are here now, um, but it's not done. We have so much work to do, and I keep going. I'm a Dr. Jen Walter fan, so kudos to you for being able to chat it up with her, but the what she's doing, what Candace Story Lee is doing, what Becky Hammond is doing, it's interesting because they'll say things like, I think Candace, I quoted her saying, I never thought that I was the first woman until someone told me. Right. Carla Williams said, I never wanted to be the first black woman. She's like, I just wanted to be good at my job. Right. Right. So those are the things you sort of think about as women too, is I think behind the scenes, I like doing like the high five, you know? And then I think also when you're in the day to day, it's like, no, we're just good at our job. Who cares if I'm a male or female? I'm just good. Right. So um, that's the part that I like. And the second part is really that the womanist movement. I think that's where I've transitioned to. Like I'm all, I am a feminist, but I think also a womanist is this concept of like, okay, let's not forget about minority women that were also left behind. Absolutely. So it, I, Kim Ang, I cannot, that's amazing, right? What she's done with the Marlins. So yes. I mean, as you can tell, I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, I, listen, this is why I wanted to have you on here. It's a perfect fit. And I, I'm getting fired up just listening to you talk because we talk so much about, you know, casting aside these gender roles and you telling me that you don't even think of it as, you know, being one of the first women like to do something like it's it's so like what a time. Right. Like because like you said, um, a lot of these women are and should be considered the best to do what they do, regardless of gender or whether they're, you know, white, black, or whatever. So, but the fact that we have to set stages like this, you know, to show that constant representation just to get a seat at the table, right? That's That says a lot, right? So, you know, I, I do appreciate it. And like I said, well, we're here for that all the time. So that, that's, that's what we do, so. I love it. I love it. I think the biggest piece, and I said this on one of our ASON podcasts is, I want to get to the point where it's the seat at the table has my name on it and then my voice is expected to be heard, right? So like, I, I think I told someone diversity is having a seat at the table, inclusion is having a voice. And I think hopefully during Women's History Month that women 
student athletes, non-student athletes are really finding power behind their voice and utilizing it for positive change. That is my goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And see, and you're, you're already peeking into the next question I'm going to ask you, which you don't have. And I did this purposely. Right. So <laughs> this this podcast is um, is brought to you by the network is called Legacy Maker Sports Network. And uh, we love asking the legacy question. So with that being said, I want to ask you um, when it's all said and done, when your career's over. Right. Like what legacy do you want to leave behind? You know, just as far as what you're known for, like, right? So like at the end of the day, when it's all done and you, you hang it up and you're retiring, they're gonna say, Lauren Sevis was the type of person to... Educate, encourage, empower, and elevate, 40s. Educate, encourage, empower, and elevate. I, if that could be written on a headstone, on a whiteboard, on anything, I just think those four things, if someone could, even if it's one of the four, if someone felt that I'd done either of those things for them, I'm good. I like that. You and you were ready for it. I'm good. Must be good. There it is. All right. Well, everybody. Well, there you have it. You know, Lauren Sevis, Deputy Director, Jacksonville University. Lauren, it was good to catch up to you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you know you you gave us your time, and uh, hopefully we can have you back. Of course, I look forward to the next time. We, I will be back. We'll just, we'll have to, you see the calendar in the background. We'll figure it out. Right, right. Busy <laughs> lady. All right, I appreciate it. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, you too. All right, bam. And there it is. Just like that. See? I like talking a lot. Every now and then you have to cut me off. Hey, no, listen, I love it. And I, I was just telling my my other, uh, the co-founder, Joe, that um, we, we laugh at each, at each other because whenever we do one-on-ones, like it's supposed to be harder but I can talk forever. So yeah, especially when it's stuff that we purposely put here that we care about so much, you know? I love this. This is awesome. I think it's, I think it's amazing what you're doing in terms of the platform that you're creating. I'm just now dabbing into this whole podcast realm. So yeah. <laughs> I am listening to them as people send them to me, but I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's something that, you know, was, it was, it was weird. It came right on time about last year or so. Um, so I met the the guy. He actually hit me up on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, he was a track runner at Virginia State. And I was putting together my own podcast for the network, but it was missing something. Right. And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I need I need an edge. I need something else. And he came to me. He was like, come meet me at Home Team Grill up here in Richmond. I sat down with him and it was the rest was history. I mean, we we wrote all down from that from that day. We were just like, oh, we're gonna do this. And at first, we were gonna have like we we're gonna have a female co-host on, but um, she got so busy and blew up. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kelly Wells Brinkley, the Olympian track runner. Oh wow! But yeah, she she was supposed to uh, host with us, but you know, she she catapulted and started doing a whole bunch of other stuff. So we're gonna have her on the show too. Um, but yeah, every, everything's been going well, man. Uh, I can't, I can't complain. I'm so excited. Look what, look what being a boy has done. Right? <laughs> For sure. We come, come a long way from those days where, uh, what was it? John Tay always reminded me. I don't know if you remember John Tay Valentine. I do. I do. It was like, you remember those days we used to try to hurry up and catch the train back? Cause if we missed the last train after class, I was oh. like, 
Yo, you don't know how much that humbled me. Let me tell you, <laughs> day I did miss that train and I could not get back all the way to the green line because I was going back to Waldorf at the time. Oh. So yeah, I was going all the way back to, yeah. Oh. And I was like, I missed that train, but that taxi cost was 80 bucks. <laughs> and, bruh, I called my mom, bro. No joke. I was like, yo, the train was $80. <laughs> Facts. I was like, I was like, at that point, I was like, yo, they talk about two years time. We're going to be done a year and a half. This is a year and a half for me because I can't afford it. That was, I remember we, because we got out of class at like 10 30 something. Yeah, it was like, I think it was something like that. And I remember it, I didn't get home till like 11 30, 12 o'clock. Yeah, easy. Ugh, I do not. I, I love the program. Do not miss the commute. Don't. And you know, every, everybody there was grinding for real. That's why they had the, the courses that late because they knew everybody was working and doing oh, whatever. So it was awful. But now I just get to have a Georgetown degree in Latin on my wall, and the kids are just like, oh, that's awesome. Right? Yeah, it is. And it came up. I got on my, my Georgetown pants right now. Oh, nice. I, I had to, I had to go pick a green today. Had a show, do something slight with, for, my, for my sorority today. Okay, okay. I hear that. But we have to catch up again. I yeah, for sure. My, my assistant does these things where she starts like walking by my window here if mm -hmm. I'm, I just sprint to my next meeting. And that's what she's Okay. Doing. Right. Because she, I think she told me you had a 430, right? Please zero games. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for sure. She keeping you on, on track. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Text me. I want to see yeah, this. Let sure. me know if I can do anything else too. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to have you shoot me a headshot if you can, just so okay. I'm going to be promoting it. Um, this episode is going to air not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Perfect. I'll send it as soon as we get off of this. Perfect. I appreciate you. All right, of course. Thank you. Later. Bye. Bye.